Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP gets an entitled brat evicted. Our next Reddit post is from Blue Tuesday. So basically, I moved into a two-bedroom apartment two months ago with Sarah and Jessica. Now, Sarah's name is on the lease, and Jessica is Sarah's girlfriend, and Jessica is not on the lease. I pay 50% of the rent, Sarah pays 25%, and Jessica pays 25%. It wasn't my ideal situation, but I was desperate for roommates at the time. Fast forward two months. They're enormous slobs who never do anything, so I clean up after them all the time. I vacuum the living room, mop the kitchen, do dishes, etc. I buy most of the shared groceries and household items like toilet paper, which the two of them plow through really quickly. Sarah has a cat in the apartment, which is unauthorized, and regularly has an unauthorized dog here too. Their rent is always paid late, and they pay the utilities on the last possible day. Also, the girls smoke copious amounts of weed, and while I don't care, I ask them to be respectful enough to air out the apartment and keep the smoke out of my room. Now, last week, things really went south. Sarah and Jessica overheard me complaining about having to clean up after them, and after they ignored me for a few days, they sent me a long text about how rude they considered that. So, I let out everything that was bothering me, and told them that if they don't want to live with me, I will gladly release them from the lease, repay them their deposit, and they can go. This causes them to freak out and they tell me, it's two against one, we'll force you to move out. Oh, hell no. I blocked them on all forms of communication, including social media. The next day, I went down to the apartment manager and reported two unauthorized pets and one unauthorized occupant. Written notices were given, and Sarah and Jessica just threw them straight in the trash. I returned from a four-day stay at my dad's and go straight to report the unauthorized occupant, Jessica, and both unauthorized pets, which were supposed to be gone by now. Well, at this point, Sarah and Jessica are getting pissed off. Jessica screams obscenities at me anytime I enter or leave my bedroom. Twice, she spent a half hour pounding on my door in the walls of my room. She taunts me through the door, trying to get me to open up. I just quietly recorded all of this on my phone while I still haven't said a word. So, yesterday, I went back down to the office to finish securing my new apartment and to report more violations. When I came home, the chain lock was locked, so I had no way to get in. This is what I'd been waiting for. Jessica taunted me again, on video, and then slapped my hat off of my head, hitting me square in my forehead with the back of her hand. Bingo. So I called the cops, ratted Sarah and Jessica out for being druggies, got all their paraphernalia confiscated, and I got a police report for battery. Come Monday, I'll be on my way to the prosecutor's office to press charges. The apartment managers will also be getting a copy of this report. Also, tomorrow is the last day to pay rent before it's late. Sarah and Jessica disappeared early this morning. If they don't pay rent, I'm going to get them on the abandonment clause, finally get them evicted, and have the locks changed. All before I move out tomorrow. It's two against one. Think again. Our next Reddit post is from Shut Up Aragorn. This happened about five years ago, but just the thought of this story still has my butthole puckered with anger, despite the revenge. Part 1. The Injustice The story begins with me looking for my first property. My late father was battling cancer at the time, and because of some technicalities with the healthcare system, he had to prove that he lived in my province for over 50% of the year to get the treatments covered. He was staying at a friend's place in town rent-free, and since he didn't own property in our province anymore, he signed on to my utilities to show that he lived here. 
We found a place that was perfect for us. It was a smaller building that allowed dogs, had two bedrooms, two bathrooms, and it was five minutes away from the hospital where my partner worked and where my dad was getting treatment. However, going over the condo's documents, we find records of an ongoing spat between the previous owners of my unit with the people below. There were complaints from both parties, police called, etc. This resulted in a very expensive sound evaluation contractor to come in and check if everything was to code. His evaluation stated that the flooring separating these two condos was well above building codes, and it said that any further complaints would be ignored on this matter, so we decided to go for it. Well, about three months after we moved in, my mother and father moved in with us because my dad's treatments became a lot more intrusive, and with how often he was going into the hospital, they wanted to live as close as they could. Now enter Haley, an entitled princess in her teams taking pre-med at the nearby university. Me and my partner are very quiet people, and we hadn't heard a peep from the first three months living there, so we kind of forgot about the sound issues that we'd read about. We were on the second floor, and Haley was on the first floor facing the back of the building. Her suite only had one bedroom, which was under the room that had been vacant until my parents moved in. My parents are also quiet people, but because of my father's treatment, he was sleeping like 16 hours a day at home, and this was a crucial time for him to sleep and recover. A week after they move in, I have friends over at noon on Saturday. They walked in, and they hadn't even sat down yet when I hear knocking on the door. I had prepared for this conversation, but I was still surprised. Hi, I'm from downstairs and I'm trying to study. Please keep it down. Listen, it's a Sunday afternoon. We're not having a party or making excessive noise. We have been and always will be respectful of noise in the building, so have a nice day. Later that day, I stopped by the shop to get a pair of good noise-canceling earbuds and left them with a note outside her door to apologize for any unintentional noise, but to reiterate that nothing we were doing is outside of regulations, and any noise we're making doesn't violate any building noise bylaws. I tried my best. A couple of days later, I'm moving something around in my parents' room, and I hear loud banging from below. I figure, oh, she's nailing up a picture or something, and I just keep working. It happens a second time, and a third time. Then I hear a door slamming below me, and a couple of seconds later, there was loud banging on my door. What the F are you doing up here? Instantly, I'm taken aback. Wait, was she just banging on the roof? I'm not a confrontational guy, but this is ridiculous. I asked her, were you just banging on your roof with a broom at us? You bet I was. You need to keep it down. I'm in pre-med and studying. You're banging around on the floor and I can't focus. I said, if you have a complaint, you can take it to the condo board. Banging on the walls or ceiling is completely unacceptable. And I slammed the door in her face. After the incident, I went to the condo board to let them know what happened and how it's completely unacceptable for her to bang on the walls and floors and to shout at me and my family. Especially when the noise that we're making is unavoidable and not excessive. The condo board tells her that if she harasses me again for this issue, they're going to fine her the maximum amount for each incident of banging on the walls or ceiling. Her mother, who was just as belligerent as she was, wrote a nasty email to me and the board saying how her princess needs to study. And how fat people shouldn't be stomping around. I'm 6 feet tall and 160 pounds. My partner is 5 foot 3 and 100 pounds. But still, they relented on Haley. Haley did quiet down for a week, and then the music started. 
If we walked across the floor, accidentally dropped something, moved anything around, then instead of Haley banging on the roof, she would turn her music up loud. Like, I could actually hear and make out words to songs that I'd never heard before, let alone the bass shaking my stuff. There was no other unit directly sharing any walls with her unit, so no one complained. It would go past 11pm a couple days a week. I would call condo board members, and no one would answer because it was so late. I would then call the non-emergency police line, and they would say, we can bring someone out in a couple of hours, but we can only give a warning due to the bylaws. Then, it got worse. She would turn the music on and leave the house. It would go on 12 to 16 hours a day, every single day. If it was just me and my partner, it wouldn't be that bad. But, like I said, my dad was going through very intense treatments, and he desperately needed sleep to recover between those treatments. The stress of this situation, combined with the treatments and my father's declining health, was definitely starting to impact my family. I wrote a lengthy open letter to the condo board regarding the harassment in an attempt to shame her. I printed out the letter, and I slid it under the doors of every neighbor in the building. It didn't work. I rented a decibel meter and tracked how loud she was, and according to the bylaws, she was breaking the rules. But the condo board said they wouldn't do anything about it other than send her another warning. If I recall correctly, the condo allowed 20 decibels between 6am and 10pm. My home was only about 40 decibels with nothing going on, and with her noise, it went up to 65 to 70 decibels. For anyone who doesn't work at OSHA, 70 decibels is like the music is being played directly in your living room. After months of this, I was desperate. The police could only say to keep it down. The condo board refused to do anything but give warnings because noise complaints weren't really something they would find owners for. My only recourse was to somehow prove that she was doing it intentionally to harass me and take it to the cops, or find a way to get the condo board to do something about it. I combed the condo documents looking for something, anything. At last, I made a breakthrough. I figured this 19 or 20 year old did not pay for this condo and was not an owner at all. I used some connections to get a copy of the land title for the condo. I'd found my golden goose. Part 2. The Revenge Armed with my decibel meter and notepad, I've been tracking her music for the past couple of months, averaging 14 hours above 65 decibels. I brought my findings to the board on a blizzardy, frozen Canadian February. It was Thursday night at about 9.30pm. The board looked tired and irritated that I made them meet this late. However, I came prepared. I had a stack of papers containing scanned copies of sections of the condo documents, the logs of the decibel levels, and a letter typed up by my lawyer friend. I read the letter out loud to them. It threatened legal action against the condo board for ignoring my complaints and not taking me seriously. They seemed to perk up a bit, and the condo president looked angry. I showed them proof that I had very real and provable damages due to the inaction of the board plus the very detailed logs of the frequent bylaw infractions that were ignored, as well as the emails back and forth from months of the board not doing anything. They looked at me bleakly. Finally, I said, I won't file this if the board actually resolves the issue. I played my best card. I put down the copy of the land title certificate with Haley's mother on it, and the condo documents detailing that if the owner isn't residing in the unit, then Haley is technically a tenant, not an owner. The next section explained in exquisite detail the punishments available to be meted out on tenants, including my favorite. Tenants can be legally evicted for breaking condo bylaws after two warnings. 
I then showed them all the printed out copies of the warnings they had issued to Haley. After a couple of minutes, the board president spoke. Going five decibels over what's allowed isn't that bad. You're blowing this out of proportion. I was furious at this point. Had she not been listening to me? Knowing that I had just left my home at 9.30pm with her music at full blast and it was now 10.20, I said, fine, let's go see. We all shuffled down to my unit. We stood in the kitchen, listening to the same awful song that she had played on repeat all day. Then, the president spoke up. Comically, she had to raise her voice to be heard. She plays it like this all the time? Yes. I'll go ask her to turn it off. You can try, but she isn't home. She left this morning. What do you mean? She left her music playing this loud all day? Yes. The board president is visibly upset. The bass shakes the spoon in the door next to her. The other board members have dark looks. She grabbed the documents and said, We'll call the condo lawyer. The aftermath. Saturday morning comes around, and I hadn't heard any news from the condo board. As I'm making my way to the kitchen, I hear the patio door below us opening and closing, which was out of the ordinary. In my bathrobe, coffee in hand, I stand at the window overlooking the back. It's a wonderful winter miracle. Fresh snow from the day before made the trees sparkle, the cold winter air lightly blowing a light cloud off the roof. And there in the middle of it, trudging through the deep snow, is a very cold and uncomfortable looking Haley taking boxes of her stuff into a U-Haul. The sight is sweet, and I sip my coffee in pleasure. Haley sees me as she walks back into the house, and her face goes from a grimace to a fiery glower. She could have killed me with that look if it weren't for the window between us. I smile broadly and wave. A little later, I got an email from the board explaining that they threatened her mom to evict Haley if I made one more complaint, and that for each more complaint I made, they would tack on the maximum $500 fine as well. It seems that Haley decided to move out rather than put me to the test. I got to watch her and her small Asian friends spend three hours struggling to force large furniture through deep snowdrifts. She would have seen me and my family watching in the window the entire time, every time she made her way back for another load. Only after they closed up the U-Haul and left for good did I breathe a sigh of relief. So one important thing to understand about this story is that the way that decibel is measured is not a straight line. So if you have 10 decibels and you go up to 15 decibels, then the sound doesn't increase by 50%. It actually increases a lot more than that. For every 3 decibels that you increase the sound, you double the noise. So when the board member said that Haley was only 5 decibels above the maximum, that's actually 4 times as loud. Because 60 to 63 is twice as loud as 60, and 63 to 66 is again twice as loud. Our next Reddit post is from Lagomorph Lover. I worked at a chain salon in the U.S. for minimum wage plus tips. We were paid on a sliding scale. The more you added services, the more your hourly pay. Back then, for back to school, we started offering $10 haircuts. It's dumb to offer a big discount on back to school because that's when everyone needs a haircut, but whatever. Except, to advertise this sale, we had to stand on a rickety step stool and hang a 10-foot long, 3-foot wide banner off the roof of our store. The step stool alone made it a dangerous task, but on top of that, the sidewalk was uneven. Our manager insisted that we do this twice a day, at opened and at closed, in case someone steals the banner. Because certainly, someone would want to steal a banner with our logo that says $10 haircuts. It was annoying, but I was looking forward to my next paycheck. I had a high service dollar per hour, which should have meant a bigger hourly pay and paycheck. Except, it didn't. 
The big discount on the haircuts was coming out of our final service dollar calculations, and we ended up making significantly less than usual. I'd worked there for years, and this was the smallest back-to-school paycheck that I'd ever seen. I went into work the next day, and I was pissed. That morning, me and a coworker, who was a total brown noser and gossiper, were outside setting up the banner. It was my turn to stand on the rickety step stool, and I said that I was glad this is the last time I'll ever have to do this. I was fully prepared to make a joke about how I was going to fall and crack my head open when the petty revenge idea came into my mind and I swiftly executed it. When she asked why, I told her not to tell anyone, but I had accepted a job at another salon with a set schedule, higher commission, and $5 more per hour. I said that I planned on putting in my two weeks notice, but they needed me to start sooner, so I was going to work that weekend and not come back. This would leave us understaffed for the back-to-school rush. After I reiterated that she couldn't tell anyone, especially not our boss, she agreed. I left early that day, and on my next shift, my boss pulled me into her office. She said that she heard a rumor that I was leaving to work at a different salon. I told her I had a much better offer elsewhere, but if she could match it, then I would love to stay. She said she had to put in a call to our district leader about the raise, but she said that I could work with a set schedule starting the following week. I was working until 9pm some days and at 9am the next. The unpredictable schedule made finding childcare a pain in the butt. I was consistently ranked number 2 in sales for our store in the district, so the district leader approved the raise and I stayed there another 5 years. This means that I got an additional $39,000 in pay for accidentally telling the salon gossip my secrets. I also got 20% commission on $500 to $1,000 a week in product sales. That was our slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.